0: When I was growing up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn! Brooklyn. I didn't know women could be rabbis. It wasn't until I got to college that I found out, indeed, they could be rabbis. And in fact, when I was in high school, I often read about nuns and I thought maybe I'd want to be a nun. That didn't happen. When I found out that there were seminaries that actually admitted women actually then i think it was just it was two and i ended up going to a third one that admitted women later on the jewish theological seminary that's when you could say i began to dream or maybe you could say i heard a call or a knock at my heart's door Something was rapping on my heart, tapping on the door to my internal landscape. I kept it as a secret dream through college, and indeed worked for a few years after college, at this and that, before graduate school. And finally, one day, my therapist said to me, so when are you going to apply to rabbinical school? And I said, huh? I was way deep in my usual tale of psychic woe. And she said, Well, when are you going to apply to rabbinical school? She had, for some reason, the idea that I should move forward with my life. (laughs) And I said, When I'm perfect. And she said, You better apply now. And so I did. And I'm still waiting all these decades to become perfect. Unbelievably, it's not on my list of achievements. Of course, as is is the way with dreams, any dream, making the dream real meant facing the fact that reality doesn't entirely mirror the dream. So when I got to JTS, I have to say, at least initially, I was pretty disappointed. This is a seminary? It didn't seem like what I was reading about for all those years about nuns. It seemed more like a professional school, not a spiritual school. And I ended up really loving my years at the seminary. I think it was about coming down from the dream and making the dream reality. That's often a painful transition, because reality really doesn't look like dreams. There is a cost to the process, a cost. Now, you can really hear I'm from Brooklyn. (laughs) to making a dream come true. In order to move from dream to reality, I had to allow the dream to be a bit sullied, to be made impure. This is a price that is both inevitable and utterly worth paying. It's sort of like marriage. Once you get beyond the honeymoon period, you realize there's more to the guy than you thought. (laughs) mostly good not all good (laughs) tonight I want to talk about longing about dreams both large and small that we defer waiting for perfection in ourselves or in others or even in the world maybe there's a loud persistent knocking at your heart's door, or perhaps a soft occasional tapping on your internal landscape, a dream that rears up its head and says, Remember me? And what do you say back to it? Do you open the door? <laughs> Do you let... (laughs) That wasn't supposed to be funny. (laughs) Do you let reality in? When you do, what happens to the dream? Tonight, we started our service with some gorgeous song sung by Basia and friends um, from Song of Songs. It's a, if you weren't here in the beginning and you didn't hear Rabbi David's introduction, know that it's a beautiful love poem that's read at the end of Passover, in part to mark the love story between the Israelites and God, even though it reads very much like a a human, erotic, sensuous poem. According to tradition, the song was written by King Solomon in the 10th century BCE. According to scholars, it was written sometime between the 4th and the 6th century BCE. The ancient rabbis understood this intensely erotic poem as a spiritual story. Tonight, we'll hear it on both levels. Um, Here is just a taste of that song, if you didn't hear it earlier. Better than one Your kisses, your sweet love After four chapters of the two lovers praising one another, yearning for each other, searching for each other, there's a very strange scene. I never understood it, but tonight I think it'll be instructive about our question about dreams and reality. I was asleep, the female lover says, but my heart stayed awake. Listen, the sound of my lover knocking cold do dee de do fake cold fake of night. She says, But I have taken off my clothes. How can I dress again? I bathe my feet. Must I dirty them? My love reached in for the latch and my heart beat wild. I rose to open to my love. My fingers wet with myrrh, sweet flowing myrrh on the door vault. I opened to my love, but he had slipped away. He was gone. How I wanted him when I heard his voice. I sought him everywhere, but I could not find him. I called his name, but he did not answer. Okay, she's got to be kidding. (laughs) After four chapters of yearning and wanting and search searching, she can't get her feet dirty? <laughs> she can't put on her coat. I really don't get it. So much wanting and desire, and then her lover arrives. There's a knocking at the door, echoing the knocking of her own heart. Cold-o-dee, cold-o-dee. And what happened? She delays. She misses him. The moment passes. There is no meeting. The dream deferred. Why in the world didn't she rush to the door? What kept her from going to answer the knocking of her heart's desire? What is it, then, that keeps any of us from rushing to the door, from answering answering the knocking of her heart's desire, whether it be dream or human being. I think about her hesitation, her fear of dirtying her feet, and I wonder if she's afraid of dirtying her own dream. He calls her perfect. Will she remain perfect once they're in proximity for long? Proximity threatens perfection. If she answered the door, the dream, like her feet, would no longer be clean and pure. It would no longer be perfect. Instead, it would become real and alive, compromised by by each person coming into contact with the other. When we come into contact, we see each other's blemishes, physical and spiritual, and emotional. To be in dreamland, to remain in dreamland, means to maintain the fantasy of total control. To imagine that you're the only author of your story. You're the omniscient narrator. You've got it. You want it to happen, it will happen. To partner with another is to lose control. To be limited by their needs, their temperament, their desires and dreams. It means you are, out of necessity, co-authoring a story. Moreover, our lover in Shir Hashirim is lonely but comfortable on her couch. She doesn't want to leave her comfort zone. She's an ancient version of our modern couch potato. (laughs) Suddenly, she is inconvenienced by precisely what she has longed for. By actually being addressed by actually having to get up and get dressed I met someone recently in the dog park which is a great place to meet people a woman at the top of her field in entertainment also a social justice activist on the side a woman who makes a real difference in the world I asked her because I'm a busybody if she was partnered and she said no I, I can't really adjust my life to let somebody in It would be too destabilizing. Now think for a moment about dreams. Dreams that come true are disruptive. It's like a child that is born. It undoes your entire life. A new job is also disruptive. Finding new love is disruptive. If we want our dreams to come true, we need to be ready to give up some control, to give up the status quo. My favorite theologian is the Christian theologian John S. Dunn. He actually died in 2013, I think he was born in 1929, Um, and I was especially sad because I had always planned to meet him and deferred the dream and didn't. He had this amazing insight into Christianity. He said, most human beings want to be like gods, but the Christian God went in the opposite direction the Christian God became human. The movement was from heaven to earth. Now, if we think about the Jewish tradition and Sinai, the gift is also from heaven to earth, right? It's divinity coming downward. To make dream a reality is also to bring it down to earth, to ground it, fantasies they live in our heads we need to bring them down from our heads into our whole bodies make them real and as we do so we also need to grieve the perfection that they were in our heads think about for a moment in exodus the fact that there are two sets of tablets not one the first, te- this first set of tablets that God gave Moshe and Mount Sinai were ma'aseh Elohim, were divine work, written by etzba Elohim, the finger of God. Those were the tablets that couldn't really exist, couldn't be sustained in this world. They were too perfect. Moses shattered them. The second set of tablets were a partnership. Moses um, carved them out of stone. Right, And those were the tablets that were able to live with the people of Israel. Those tablets reflected a human-divine partnership. Those tablets were the ones that were able to come down to earth. And so do we need to bring our dreams into reality, down to earth. Reality is the place where perfection is shattered and dreams come true. It's also, I believe, as someone who's done both, clung on to her dreams in her head and and tried to make her dreams come true, infinitely better to live in reality. I would say far less lonely, far less isolated. What is your dream waiting to become true? Is it love? Is it making an existing relationship more loving? Is it being a better parent? a better child, divinity school, seminary or just maybe simply the dream of becoming who you really are on this earth, becoming real, stripping yourself of all pretension. That too is a dream. Dreams entering reality, that is where we meet one another, in our full humanity. And all our vulnerability with all our blemishes. Answer the knock. Let's give up the fantasy for the sake of a dream come true. I will bring this in for a landing, as Rabbi David would say, with a poem I wrote about just this topic. Don't live in your head ruminating, cogitating, endlessly contemplating, deliberating, habituating, calculating, (laughs) insulating, luxuriating in solitary fantasy, dissipating your dream because dreams are cultivated in reality. Oxygenate them with the air of possibility of real life. Don't suffocate. Don't sublimate. Negotiate. Circumnavigate. Sometimes get aggravated, even Mm -hmm. altercate alternate, circulate, cooperate, attenuate your dream with reality, and then enumerate your real blessings, culminate in celebration. My beloved is knocking, cold do di do fake, rapping, tapping on the door. I am asleep, my heart is awake, ani na, li air. I rise, leaving behind my comfy couch, and the screen I was glued to. My feet are getting dirty. I put on my coat. I opened the door.